This is Around the Rim with LaChina Robinson. Hey, basketball fans. Welcome to another edition of Around the Rim. I am your producer, Tarika Foster-Brasby, along with your host, LaChina Robinson. And we are very excited to bring you this week's edition because we've got a really special guest this week. Um, we're going to be talking with Ohio State guard Kelsey Mitchell. And what makes this interview so special is because Kelsey Mitchell became the fastest player in NCAA Division I women's basketball history to score 2,000 career points. And this was just her 79th career game. Okay, so Kelsey Mitchell is literally making history. And she had an opportunity to sit down with Arla China Robinson and just talk about her ability to become a scorer, what helped her get there, things that she's looking forward to improving in her game and much more. Also, because you know we can't just bring you one. Later in the show, we're going to hear from Coach Corey Close, the head coach of the UCLA Bruins, who's going to give us a little bit of insight on what her relationship was like with the legendary John Wooden, what it takes to play in the Pac-12. I mean, this conference has gone through uh, quite a bit over the last few years, and it's risen to a prominence that I don't think people really understood or respected. So Coach Close is going to tell us what the identity of the Pac-12 conference is and a whole lot more. Get ready, guys. Take it away, LaChina. Hello, basketball fans. It's LaChina Robinson, your host of Around the Rim. And we have a special guest on our show, none other than the scoring extraordinaire slash I mean, how do you even describe what you do out there on the court? Kelsey Mitchell from Ohio State is with us. Kelsey, like, you can just flat out put the ball in the hole. Mm -hmm. And that's exciting for me to see. So let's start there. Um, last season, whether it's, you know, 40-plus points in the NCAA tournament or just being one of the best scorers in the country, you ignited everyone's passion for offense. Where did you learn how to score the ball the way you do? Well, um, Honestly, all I can say is on words, and that's boys. Um, I, st I play, started playing boys when I was uh, four. Um, play with my little, my big brothers, um, like the little reg ball teams. Upward boys. Uh, for a while, I had to put my my hair in like break straight backs to be on like the boys league. So I was like playing with this team called the Flames in my city, and um, after a while, I got caught. But point is, uh, that's where I learned a lot of like fast pace, a lot of like uh, playing with aggression. A lot of like going downhill or getting the ball out quick and that type of like style of play. So let me get this straight because this is just awesome. So you had to disguise yourself as a boy. You had the straight back cornrows. Yeah. You were out there like, listen, whatever I have to do to play on this team, that's what I'm gonna yeah, do. Yeah, my mom like she got me straight. I was I was kind of looking like Bow Wow, you know, my hair wasn't that long. <laughs> you feel me? But this was start. So um, I wasn't actually like disguising my disguising myself for like the people that I was playing with, but more so, like, the people that was, like, uh, like ahead of the league, like, the people that had the most power to say who could and who couldn't play. So when AU got, like, close and I, I could start playing AU, you had, to be, you had to play with your gender. So I was like, I was like, my mom's like, mom, you got to put these braids to the back. Right. Like, my mom got me right. I was like, yes. <laughs> that is awesome. I love that. So one thing I always talk about when, I, when I'm thinking about your game, and I, I just had this conversation with Asia Wilson of South Carolina, who is a big fan of yours, by the way. I love Asia. Um, you love her too? <laughs> yeah. Good. Because we should cool. all love each other because we're all left-handed. And that's where I want <laughs> right. to go with this real quick. Um, what do you think are the advantages of being left-handed um, in basketball? Um, 
Well, I love lefties, no matter who you are. You could be playing freaking golf and living left-handed. I love you. Um, I think the the thing that um, left-handers do that are so different from right-handers is the fact that everything we do is, like, so – it looks unorthodox, so it, it attracts people. You know, you see people like James Harden do some of the stuff he's doing. He's left-handed. You know, it's rare to find left-handers that, like, can do, like, what people like James Harden can do or stuff like Asia Wilson can do or you can do. So when you people <coughs> see it – Y'all heard her. <laughs> me. So when you see it, you're like, oh, man, they're left-handed. That's sweet. It, it, it looks cool. So I think, like, the this – actually like seeing it an attraction that we attract people in a way that we kind of sort of do stuff that's different from right-handers i think it's cool yeah they think we look awkward but let's just be honest we're effective okay (laughs) that's what matters and one thing i think about is you know as a defender you're always taught well most of the time especially Mm -hmm. when you're in practice and you're playing people you're taught to guard right-handed people Mm -hmm. so when someone comes at you lefty like full speed and they're like no, force her right. And, you know, you have there's an adjustment that has right, to be made right. often, especially <laughs> in your case. God, it's too late because of how quickly you get out. You you mentioned James Harden and I actually, you know, keep an eye on your Twitter from afar. <clears throat> Not a Twitter stalker, but <laughs> maybe um, you're a big NBA fan. I am. I love the NBA. I watch it. I got NBA TV like today. I'm watching the Cavs, Houston, you know, I'm be on there. Okay, so I was gonna say, where did this where did this love for the NBA start? Um, it actually started when my dad and was began his like career as a, a boys basketball coach, uh, which leads to like how I, like came about as far as like playing with boys basketball. Like, too, um, my dad would have practices every day after school, so I would like get out of school, go to his practices, and like that's what how I would get my workouts, uh, uh, strength, uh, conditioning, all that in. I was just getting in every drill that they did. Um, they would do five on five. I would get with like they, his JV team or something like that to play against the varsity team, where I would get with his varsity team and play. And that's actually how I came like, like in love with how guys play. Mm. So like anytime I see like I see anything or I want to learn something, I'm not gonna lie, I automatically watch guys. Do I, you? That's I, I can't. Interesting. I can't. It's not that I don't love women's basketball because mm-hmm. I think it's amazing for sports for the sports world in general, but I just love like male basketball i mean i can't it's just they have a different like but i I do understand that because let's be honest guys have been playing basketball way way before we were allowed to so their game you know is more advanced so i will say this year the wnba i mean i was that finals was real did you enjoy the finals i did it was the first finals i ever watched let alone like a full five or six games that i ever watched so what was your who stood out to you um well Maya Moore is amazing, so yeah. let's just not let's not forget that. <laughs> and speaking of the way guys play, you know, I think a lot of people say that about Maya in terms of her level yeah, of athleticism, yeah. her, her quickness, her, her build, physicality, is, yeah, everything. oh, everything. I mean, yeah. even the release of her jump shot at the mm-hmm. highest point is amazing. Did you think that L.A. was going to win? So? Honestly, I really thought that they was going to win the game before that. I honestly oh. did, but they didn't. So I, I'm, once they, they said it was going to Minnesota, I was like, oh, my more not going for that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I was know. like, Ken Parker got him. No, Tariqa was happy about that. <laughs> she was really happy about that. <laughs> really happy about that. So let's talk a little bit about this year's team. I guess, first of all, for you, coming into every season, you know, players want to improve. They want to do mm. something better. They want to bring a new aspect. What will we see new from you this year? Uh, Well, I think um, everything with me will be more of in detail things. Um. Uh, we just had a scrimmage um, Sunday against Louisville, a really, really fantastic team. And um, I really want to work on maturing as far as a, a point guard, not a guard that 
everybody's talk about like getting the ball out quick and being able to do certain things with the ball. I want to be able to mature in the aspect of keeping t- turnovers under four mm. or um, when I'm guarding the ball, being able to not get touchy fouls or, you know what I mean? Or Yeah, your see, foul trouble came into play in a couple games <coughs> last year, but we're going to keep moving with that. Right? <laughs> and, like, and to your point, that's what I'm saying. Like it's just so much of the little stuff that, that has to change as far as, like, my game. Um, I was, like, talking about, like, being in help like in certain situations, you know, stuff like mm-hmm. that. Like, and as a point guard, um, actually watching NBA, the WNBA finals is important. So you see stuff like that, and I'm like, man, it's a lot that I got to change. Like that small, everybody talk about the fast pace and the way the ball gets out and the way, like some of the stuff, how you shoot and stuff like that. But with me, it's like keeping down the turnovers, uh, making the right pass, making making an extra pass, stupid silly shots or stuff like that. Being able to be smart and mature in that in that way. So. Hopefully that'll be something that people can say about me or I can say about myself because I want to change that. I love that, you know, because most of the time you hear, especially a great scorer like yourself come in, you're like, oh, I want to shoot better from the three-point line mm-hmm. or I'm working on my pull-up. But the intangibles are so important. And, sure. you know, having covered the WNBA this summer, I can say whether it was Candace Parker, who actually at one point was leading the WNBA turnovers, mm-hmm. or NECA, who was one of the top three in fouls per game. Mm-hmm. You know, those are the little things where you're going to have to you gotta tighten important. that up. Yeah, yeah. You gotta tighten and it up. They come into play. When you get to the NCAA tournament, when you start playing in those yeah, games, all and you those plan habits. against your teams like your Asia Wilsons and your Kelsey Plums, your diamond, it's important. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you got to be on assignment. You got to be able to make the right pass. You got to be able to know your personnel, know your the KYP, know your you that's know, right. Know who can get KYP, it, you know what I mean? Yes. So it's a lot that of that. that <laughs> so I, it's a lot that I'm learning in that aspect, and I think um, I struggled a little bit with Louisville with that. Um, I did better than I than I thought I would, but it was a lot that I still could have done better on. Now. I heard that you were maybe taking some leadership oh, classes. That's the hardest thing <laughs> of my life. Tell me about what you've learned from that that is going to help you this year. Um, um, it starts with what kind of leader you want to be. I mean, uh, in a class like lately, um, we just had an exam. It's, it's basically talking about like this, this certain leader aspects, like um, what you value in yourself, like the traits you value in order to be a leader. So, um, honestly, Coach McGuffin then put me in something and I like it. So you do? I, I'm liking it. Good. I'm not doing a whole, like, vocal aspect of things. I think I'm really, really bad at that. But the one thing I learned about the class is that it can be, you can lead by example. Mm-hmm. So I'm really learning that aspect and be able to, like, converse with my teammates at a higher level and being able to open my mouth a little bit more. A little so. bit more. You got to have that, especially mm-hmm. if you're at the point guard making things mm-hmm. happen, you know? Definitely. That communication is important. So looking at the team you guys have, um, obviously with Lene Harper, I mean, the mm-hmm. talent level has gone up, yeah. Sierra Calhoun, you know, just talk about the new pieces on your team and what you think, who are the most important parts that will help you guys to get to that next level? Um, well, to start with people like Lene, um, she comes from a really dominant program along with everybody else that obviously transferred in. Mm-hmm. Um, Lene is really important, um, more defense than offense. Um, we know she can put the ball in the hole. But the one thing that separates people like Nene from everybody else on our team is that she's going to get after it on defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, your rebounds and being able to get down with those fives and fours and be able to push a little bit and get the intangibles. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? A um, person like Sierra Calhoun can really shoot the lights out the ball. Um, she has a really quick shot. So being able to have that on offense and being able to compete with at the highest level with people like South Carolina and teams like Gino Orianna. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it's really helpful. Um 
Stephanie Mavanga is a really, mm-hmm. really big aspect to what we have this year. Um, she's a really great player, a really great person. Um, she's um, she's good at the block. When she get, once she gets you down Ooh, there, yeah. Uh, once she gets you still down there, it's kind of yeah. <laughs> she's she's hefty, um, yeah. but I'm glad I'm on her team. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, she brings a lot to the table. She's really um, she's a hot competitor. Um, yeah. I think that's the one thing about um, Lene and Sierra too. Um, we all come from competitive environments. Um, I know UK and Duke and your North Carolinas were really really competitive on a high, on a high on a high level. So them coming in and being being able to bring stuff to the table that we didn't have or we were uh, scarce in, they can be able to have a full 100. percent um, Along with our freshmen, I think our freshmen. Um, a lot of people talk about how your big time freshmen, you're the ones that everyone know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think our freshmen are really, really important. I know they're important to me. I got a chance to interact with them when they first got to campus, and um, I really like our freshmen. I love them. Uh, they're Aww. my babies. Uh, Kiera Lewis, Jensen Coretti, and um, mm-hmm. Tori McCoy. Um, really, really, really great people. And um, they responded in a way as if they're not freshmen, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think they did a lot better than I did when freshmen, like as far as interacting and being able to get used to it. Mm-hmm. Um, they came in and really adjusted quickly and being able to respond in a way that I love, so. I'm happy. And I'm happy how, with them. How is my girl Shayla Cooper? Because I, uh, I mean, I gotta. So I, I, me, Shayla and I go back to. I think we did a a Nike camp together when she was still in in high school. So mm-hmm. I stayed in touch with her and her mom. Right. But you know, I haven't gotten to call one of Shayla's games since Shoegate, which I'm sure you know about. Did you know about that? No, I didn't. Oh, you didn't. Shayla didn't tell you about that. What Shoegate? Oh, okay. When she threw her shoe in the game, trying to she 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 actually fell, I think, and her shoe came off. Oh, I no, no, no. This she... was when she was at Georgetown, yeah, I know. and she tried to contest a shot by throwing her shoe. I call it shoe gate. She tried to throw her shoe at the basketball That's to deflect Shayla. it. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, 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 yeah. So I hadn't seen my girl since then, but it seems like that she's doing. I mean, I've watched her on film. Seems like she's doing well. She, you think she'll be a big part of your success? Oh, definitely. This year? Um, Shayla has. Um, she's she's always on the edge. You know, yes. you know how it goes. Like she's yes. always on the edge. Um, she has a high competitor too. Um, but you wouldn't want it any other way. You won't. You every. I feel like everybody needs a person like that. Um, I think we all have our flaws, and Shayla is one of those people where you you take what you get from Shayla because she gonna bring it mm-hmm. at the end of the day. She always she brings it at a high level. Yeah, at a high level. And I, I won't want it any other way. And I'm I'm proud of the person she's become her senior year. And um. Hopefully we can have a good year for her since it's her senior year. Yeah, she definitely has that underdog mentality. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about uh, the Big Ten. Yeah. Kind of just the league in general. What do you think is is different about the Big Ten? I mean, first of all, let me tell you, some of the games y'all had last year, whether oh, it was Michigan man. State or, yeah. you know, obviously Maryland's always a good. Mm-hmm. But from your seat, what's what's great about the Big Ten? Um, You always play a good team every night. People always talk about whether you've been at top 25 or top 10 I feel like when you play in the Big 10 you always have to bring it like as well as any other conference but the physicality of the game is crazy when you play those Wisconsin those Nebraska's mm-hmm. it's 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 tough fans you know what I mean too. like the fans yeah. Iowa uh Maryland their fan base is crazy I think the competitiveness of the Big 10 is like it's really, really different from my. I feel like only from my perspective of other conferences. I feel like you gotta bring it like here mentally, mm-hmm. and let alone physically every night. Yeah, yeah. I know your dad has been a big part of your development. What has it meant to you to have his guidance and to 
you know, still have him there to work out yeah. with? Yeah, and, definitely. And what has he brought to, to really your development? Um, A lot. I mean, uh, aside from, like, me and me growing up with him, seeing him coach and being a part of his coaching style and everything like that, um, he's made me see, like, lately things like the small and detailed things. So those things I was telling you about as far as, like, maturing as a point guard, um, he's made me see that he takes time to, like, make you think about stuff you didn't even realize mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. one time like uh, i think it was lene he said you do realize like you're holding the ball like you're kobe like you can't <laughs> hold the ball for five and ten seconds move you, know, it. you know what i mean yeah. like but when you think about it you're like man i ain't even did it, did it did it but he make you think like that is so true yeah so like with that said like he always makes you take the next step to make a change mm-hmm. whether it's on the court or off the court so like people always talk about uh Dads don't get annoying. Like, you always see him. It's nowhere near like that. Yeah. I'm a daddy's nowhere girl, near, so yeah. I get it. So, it's nowhere near like that. Um, when we want to, between those four lines, it's all about basketball. But I think outside, we might talk about basketball outside of, like, the game of basketball. But when it comes to, like, interact with family and being able to, like, have fun and actually have my father, I mean, he's 100%. So That's awesome. That is Definitely. so awesome. So, tell me something about Kelsey off the court. I know you're so basketball. I know mm. that. I get it. You are so basketball. <laughs> but tell me something interesting about Kelsey, the person. Um, I'm goofy, man. I <laughs> I love to have fun. I'm really, I'm really like, I'm not gonna lie. I think I've opened up a little bit more than usual. But I mean, like, my see my friends, like my teammates, always go out. Like, never, never. I've been out. I can count on one hand how many times I've been out <laughs> to like a club or like. Anything of like a party or anything on campus, I can count on one hand how many times. Maybe like three. Mm. Um, I can't get into it like that. I'm a person that loves to watch your Netflix, and you know I'm, I'm a Netflix and Netflix chill. Netflix and chill. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> or now this time of year, Netflix. No, wait, wait. NBA and chill. Yes. That's the dude. <laughs> yeah. Like I can like really like chill and have fun with like friends and like still have a good time. Yeah. And I'm one of those people where I don't. I mean, I don't mind dressing up and looking pretty. But I don't prefer it. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. Not your thing. No. Well, you look but good. I, that face is beat right now, though. <laughs> let me tell you. The face is beat. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm really a chill person. I'm, I, don't, I don't like to do too much. My teammates say I don't do enough. But to be in college, I don't do enough. They say I'm old school. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, I'm I like to chill too. on out. Yeah. Like That's good. That's yeah. good because you definitely don't chill on the court. You need to get your rest <laughs> when you're off the court. You look amazing. Like, Thank are you. you doing something in terms of your workout or your diet or anything? I mean, you just look, you uh, look probably more fit than I've ever seen you. Yeah. Um, I actually got a chance to lose like five or six more pounds within like uh, August till now. Um, we have a new strength guy. That might, probably, that might be what it is. Um, <laughs> Brian Sykes, really, really great trainer. Um, he trains us in a way of that. Our bodies stay fit mm-hmm. and or and mix it up with condition too. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, working with him and being able to work with him on a consistent basis, he's really changed like um, the 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 diet in our bodies and everything like that. He's like really like weighted out to where it's balanced. Mm-hmm. And um, I always go to him. I thank him like, oh, thank you, Brian. Because I, I, when I first got to college, I was like, well, people thought I was like less than what I was. But when I first got to college, I was what, 159? Mm. I got one down. I got down to like 145. Wow. And you're probably putting on yeah. muscles. So, so like he, he toned me up really, really good. That's so. awesome. Well, yeah. we are looking forward to big things from you this year. Thank, <laughs> Thank you for stopping you. by. I didn't, Thanks for having I didn't me. force you to rap or sing. Maybe next time <laughs> we'll work on that. But got you. Uh, good luck this season. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Fans, stay right where you are. After the break, we're going to hear from Coach Corey Close. We'll be back. 
Tariq and I are really excited to have another West Coast guest. We had Kelsey Plum Woo-hoo. early on and now from the Pac-12 representing head coach of UCLA, Corey Close. Welcome, Corey. Well, it's great to be here. I just don't like to follow Kelsey Plum. She's going to make me look bad. <laughs> She's amazing she personality. Was, she She's was pretty, pretty dynamic. Yeah, yeah, she, she is pretty, pretty good. good. Okay. We've got faith in you. Okay, We've thanks Thanks for the vote of confidence. The okay. So I, I'm reading, this is the first time since... 2000 that UCLA was picked to win the Pac-12. What does that mean for your program to be in that position? Well, you know, it's a really it's an interesting mixed bag. I think I want to acknowledge it for you know, the players have worked hard. They believed in a vision that they couldn't see yet. And so I'm really thankful that they're getting recognized for their hard work. Um that people are noticing the sacrifices. Um, you know, I give a ton of credit to our staff that really came on board with a fervent uh, commitment to our vision and what we were trying to accomplish both on and off the court. So I'm thankful for the recognition. People believed and have worked extremely hard. Um, but, you know, there's a mixed bag to everything, right? You know, I think the the real it, – it's still we haven't earned anything yet, right? Mm-hmm. We haven't done anything yet. It's still pretty much people's opinions. So I think keeping that really in check and going, okay – um, you got to earn what you want, and yeah. we got a long road ahead of us. So I'm thankful for the compliment. I'm thankful for the affirm- for the affirmation that it gave our players and my staff. Um, but uh, I think we have it in proper perspective. Well, the one thing I, I think about 2000 versus now is right. how hard it is to be in that position in the Pac-12. Right. So we've had this discussion, and we will continue to have this. I mean. We're, we're, this league has just blossomed in right. an unbelievable way. The addition of great coaches like yourself, the the level of talent, two teams in in the Final Four. You've been a part of of this growth from your seat. What is it that has brought this league um, to where it is right now? Well, Lachana, you've been in this a long time. You know, great teams. They they come alongside and say, "Okay, I want to do something bigger together than I could ever do by myself." Mm-hmm. Right. And honestly, that's what it's been like to be a part of the Pac-12 coaches, that you have to put your own self aside and go, I want to do something bigger together. Well, we When I came into the conference, we were last of the Power Five conferences and had very little respect across the nation, and we hadn't earned that yet. Um, you know, really, it was Stanford primarily um, carrying that banner and, and sprinkling in some other teams along the way as well. And now... It's like everybody came together. The coaches came together. I remember it like it was yesterday. We were in Phoenix uh, at the coaches meeting. The coaches got together on our own, came in the night before and said, hey, what are we going to do to attack this? And um, credit to Mike Neighbors, who really gave us a scheduling philosophy um, that we all have sort of adhered to. Um, Credit to all the coaches to say, hey, it's more important that we move the Pac-12 forward than it is just build my own individual program. And that's very meaningful to be a part of. And I'm very proud of that. I'm very proud to be a uh, just a participant in that that sort of extended team, and you know we're reaping the benefits. And I uh, scary. We had the most teams in the Sweet Sixteen or above. We had two teams in the Final Four, and we're better this year. Ooh. I mean, it is scary to say that, but um, I think our depth has proven that. I think there's just a lot of teams that have gotten older, that have gotten healthier, and and the the teams that are at the top have not dropped off. So uh, it's going to be a very exciting year in the Pac-12. I'm interested to in what you think about identity. Um, I consider you one of the best scouts in in the game. Um, just even going back to your Florida State games, you know, I just remembered saying, okay, I know that's Sue, but who is that other lady in the huddle whose head is moving? And she's all, <laughs> you know, you were so involved, but you do a tremendous job. So you probably understand the scope of this. 
What would you say is the identity of the Pac-12 conference? Like, if each conference has a yeah. different staple, I'm just curious. Like, what do you think is the playing style? Because I would say, for example, when I talk about the WNBA, the Eastern Conference is a, in my opinion, like an East Coast-style conference. So they're put, a ball, put the ball on the deck, really physical, small guards, where the West the Western Conference is more spread the floor, better three-point shooting teams, yeah. um, better offensively probably than the East. Would you say there are those same trends with conferences? So where's the Pac-12 land? Well, I, the word that really comes to mind, and we've tried to model our style by this, is versatility. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you're going to see, you know, and a little bit similar of how you described the WNBA on the Western side. You know, you're talking about Candace Parker uh, and – you know, um, NECA putting the ball on the deck, shooting the three-point shot, working the high-low game, but they're also being great passers, and mm-hmm. they're making guard-like decisions. And I just don't think – is I w- I'm not going to go as far as to say a positionalist conference, but um, maybe as close as any conference in the country that you're going to see, you know – um, Chantel Osaher stepping out and shooting that three and being their assist leader, even though Kelsey Plum is their point guard, you're just seeing really skilled basketball players. Um, they're not this uh, pigeonholed into a certain system or a certain position. Um, it's really about spreading the floor, versatility, building your skill toolbox year in and year out. I think um, if you look at the coaches of the Pac-12, I think it's a, it's a conference that's really committed to skill development. Mm. That if you watch players come in, and that's the great thing in the women's side as we get them for four years you're going to watch players from you know top to bottom in the Pac-12 get better every single year mm-hmm. and obviously you had Kelsey Plum on earlier and um, she's someone as good as she was when she came in and the splash that she has um, made on this conference she's so much better now yeah. I can say that um, with my players and Jordan Canada and Monique Billings but all across the conference I think our identity is really about versatility it's about development um, and it's about building basketball players not just building basketball systems. Yeah you mentioned Jordan and Monique and I'm just thinking about this year's team and obviously you've got some practices under Mm -hmm. your belt Um, what is the feel with this year's group you know obviously you've got your pick to win the Pac-12 you come you have these expectations that what was number one recruiting class is now your junior class I believe Um, so what has been the feel of of this year's team so far in practices well I mean I I don't want to downplay any of that because I'm honored I'm thankful um, and I'm thankful for the growth of our program but the reason we got there is staying focused on really simple things about growing today Mm -hmm. and I think that the biggest danger we could have going into expectations and uh, more recognition is to lose sight of that so Mm -hmm. I'm a big believer that performance equals potential minus interferences Mm -hmm. and positive things can be an interference too you know you start believing your own press or you start listening to expectations or feeling pressure and now all of a sudden um, you're not playing to your potential you know and so I think it's going to be really uh, mentally important for us to stay really focused on what got us here I wear my NIT ring um, almost all the time um, and the biggest thing that I read the reason I wear it is that re- remember what you know what, what got you here that mm. to value pruning honestly to um, I think I think about my mom's garden all the time and she had these beautiful flowers and great fruit trees and John Gordon says, if you want to have, see the fruit, you got to nurture the root. And, you know, my mom used to ask me to weed and help her prune, and I never wanted to. But that's why she had such beautiful roses, right? Wow. And so I think the biggest thing that I'm really focused on with this team is mentally just, um, you know, there's 
there's a phrase actually from the Bible. It says, remember what you forgot. And I'm like, you know, I just try to remember not just where I came from, but remember the little things that I've been taught along the way and uh, just stay focused in the present and in the process. I'm thinking about just, I remember watching your team um, play this the last couple of years. And I'm thinking to myself, they are so athletic and so long. Yeah. What has been your recruiting philosophy around bringing in the players that you've bought in? Well, I think it's like a puzzle, right? You know, I really think that it's not about, uh, I don't want just one kind of style of of play. You know, Jordan Canada is a better player because she's playing with um, alongside Carrie Corver and Nicole Cornette, who can just flat out shoot the ball. So all those driving lanes are bigger. You know, she becomes better because of who she's surrounded with. And I think what I'm trying to do is, you know, I'm a big believer in that versatility I talk to, and I really want to recruit to that. I don't want pigeonholed players. I want them to want to grow and maximize their potential on all areas of the game. But I think my recruiting philosophy is to recruit a complete puzzle, Mm. one that complements each other, one that they play different roles and they have different pieces. And some may be a centerpiece and some may be a corner piece, but equally as valuable. And they're going to create a really pretty picture in the end. But the reality is, is that they all need each other. And, you know, one person isn't as good without the other. So I think it's looking at your puzzle every year and going, okay, we want to play versatile. We want to play up tempo. We want to be defensive minded. We want to control possessions. We want to be completely sold out to skill development. And, okay, if that's where we're going, you know, what kind of puzzle pieces are we going to need any year in and year out? So, uh, you know, I I, I don't know if I totally answered your question in that, but Mm -hmm. I think that's. That's really what our recruiting philosophy is. I love, you know, Kennedy Burke. Not only is she a 6'2 guard, but her wingspan is 6'5 and a half. Um, You know, and I love challenging her to get a deflection on every play. Like, I want her to try to get a deflection on every play. Um, You know, Carrie Corver, I mean, she she is just shooting the lights out. And she is confident. And, I mean, she hit in our close scrimmage the other day against one of the best defensive teams in the country. She hit four threes that were just, like, deep. And I'm like, oh, Jordan Canada (laughs) needs to be her biggest fan on that one, Monique Billings. I mean, you can't double team. I mean, you just – you can't can't go and surge your defense to one or two players. You've got to honor the whole hole. So that's where we're going, and we're trying to – you know, my staff is unbelievable. They are relentless uh, investors in the lives of our young women. They're great recruiters, Mm. and they all can really teach the game. And so if I can just stay out of their way, I think we're heading in the right direction. (laughs) And who will be the surprise player, if you had to name one that people may not expect will have? a major impact this year? Well, you know, Nicole Cornette is someone, you know, we're only going to have for one year, so I don't mm-hmm. think people are going to anticipate. Um, it's really hard for someone to put a, sh- a shooter in the same category as Carrie Corver, right. but she is in that category, and that's, I mean, Kyle Corver just made five threes last night for Atlanta. Oh, man. So, um, you know, Carrie made... off to a good start. Yeah, <laughs> they're off to a good start, but, I, but Nicole Cornette's going to surprise some people that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the two people that are really going to catch people's attention are probably Kennedy Burke, mm-hmm. um, um, and uh, Kelly Hayes. Kelly Hayes is one of those um, glue players. You know, Assistant and I used to work with at Florida State. Lance White used to call them rope holders. You know, that they yes. hold the rope and they link the pieces together. And Kelly Hayes has really done that for us. And I think she's going to, anyone who really watches our team closely is going to see her impact and her personality on this group. So I think those would be two people that are going to be exciting for people to watch. I love that. I love that. I was looking at your journey in coaching and um, obviously, you played for UC Santa Barbara, and you were an assistant at three different universities over your 18 years. And one thing that caught my attention was your relationship with John Wooden, mm-hmm. which you talk a lot about. And I know that 
you know, the pyramid of success is a part of the foundation. I've walked through your locker room. I've mm-hmm. had the honor of doing that. Mm-hmm. So I see Wooden's imprint in so many different places, not just in UCLA in general, but just in your program. Mm-hmm. Um, why has that been important for you to, to carry over into what you're doing day to day? Well, I mean, how else do I say thank you? I mean, if I don't pay it forward and, and it's not going to be about what I say, I really only I only say it when I'm asked. You know, it's mm-hmm. not like a name dropping thing. It's like I would want our actions. Um, I would want the character of our team. Um, you know, I th- I'm actually having the privilege um, on Wednesday um, to uh, to talk about him. Actually, yeah, tomorrow at the John R. Wooden Leadership Awards um, that are given every year. And it's a huge banquet um, by the um, Anderson School of Business, and it's a really unbelievable night. And I've gone for the last five years, and it's so fun to be included. But I'm going alongside Swin Nader, um, mm-hmm. one of his former players, to talk about our relationship with him. And so I've been sort of contemplating it, and I just I I I, I think all the time, like, how can I say thank you? How can I how can I just um, what would he want me to do? And you know, it's easy to think about the big things, but you know, I really think. Um, he would just want me to um, live out a principled, centered life that really cares about developing young women more than anything else and that to trust that the process, that the outcomes will take care of themselves and to stay focused on that and not to get distracted by that. And that's really what he role modeled for me. That was what was so amazing was to be around him and to see how consistently he stayed principle centered and how he didn't get distracted by all the things on the outside. There was no noise that we're going to get him off of the principles he was committed to and loving his young men for the people that they were before that the players that they were. And, you know, I don't do that perfectly. I have bad days with that. But if I were to say thank you to Coach Wooden, it would be to live that out more consistently every year. I love that. And one thing that I, I will take with me from my time in visiting your beautiful campus that I guess is a UCLA tradition. I did not realize that Jackie Robinson's uh, numbers retired in every sport. Every sport. That's I've never heard of that happening, mm-hmm. but I just feel like that is so amazing. So yeah. you definitely feel the tradition when you're there. Last question for you. I know you are so involved in the growth, the overall growth of women's basketball, and it's something I asked Muffin and talked to Jeff about. Whether it's recruiting or playing rules, um, what are some changes that you feel like need to happen to the game to kind of continue this growth to the next level? Well, I'm thrilled with a lot of the changes that have happened. Yes. I like the quarters. Um, you know, I think that the, I like advancing the ball. I do wish that we would um, the first time out. Um, you know, it's all about quality of play, right? And so you don't want to stop it. But at the same time, I thought there were some times in the first half that if you call a timeout, before the first media, it takes away that media. Yes. So you could go a really, really long time. <laughs> and I saw the play sort of deteriorate as coaches were trying. They have less timeouts. They're going to hold on to them longer. They don't want to take away the media when the next dead ball is about to happen. Um, and if it's all about keeping that quality of play, keeping the fans' attention, you don't want to have big dips there. Mm. Um, so that's something I would do. It's a very small adjustment. It would just mean the same thing that, for instance, in the second half, the first called timeout does not take away the media. Yes. I think they should have that, fir- that same rule in the first half. Um, mm, I, I, like I think that. it would still be less timeouts than there were in the past. I'm not mm-hmm. trying to get more stoppage of play. Mm-hmm. Um, I do wish it was one and one, not two shots. Um, okay. Uh, I think just the adventure of that and the pressure and the, you know, just like the adventure that happens when you're able to advance the ball, yeah. same thing with a one-on-one versus a two-shot um, foul shot. And I understand why they're doing it with FIBA rules and consistency there, but um, 
you know, I would love to see that. I think more than anything, we got to continue to capture hearts and, um, and from a marketing perspective, we need people to know the journey of these amazing young women. So marketing, social media, what you're doing on this podcast, telling the stories of these people. I think, you know, most people watch the NBA or maybe even men's college to be entertained. They watch Mm -hmm. women's basketball. Yes. To be entertained, but also to stay connected, to be connected to a young woman's journey all the way through to support that young women can do anything. I've loved the lean in campaign Mm -hmm. where the NBA guys have gotten alongside of that and um, the ads that went on the um, the WNBA finals and I think marketing is that other piece that we need to be going uh, to move as uh, Larry Scott says in the Pac-12 from being a cause to a product mm-hmm. and how we can we are a great product that is true but how do we get the world to know that how yeah. do we get the world to get excited about our product so that we are selling out arenas more readily our ratings are continuing to go in the right direction I'm really thrilled yeah. with the growth of that yeah. but I think those you know, a couple tweaks in the rule change. I like the freedom of movement. I like the pace of play. I like the some of the rule changes. But I just think the other piece is really moving our sport from a cause to a product and getting something that people feel very connected to. That we, I think, we also this doesn't get talked a lot about. Women are the major consumers. Yes. You know? And yes. I don't think we have mobilized our consumer power in sponsorship well yeah. enough. I think there could be some strategy and some vision that's put, put forth that I think we have actually more power than we have mo- mobilized. And so I think as we try to move our game forward, we need to um, latch on to some of that. I think yes. we have something that, um, there that hasn't been mobilized yet, hasn't been unified yet, and I think it could really catch fire. Can I just say that you were more prepared for that question than I feel like anyone has been for a presidential debate so far? <laughs> <laughs> well, that I may not be saying that much. That there. may not be saying much this year, but, <laughs> but thank you. <laughs> no, thank you so much for that. I mean, you're that that just made my mind start to think about ways, not only from a marketing standpoint, but how we can continue to grow the game. And I just want to say before we let you go, I think you do a fantastic job of telling the story of your players, mm-hmm. of showing all facets of who they are as women. Um, and being invested in their growth. And I think that's so important because when they go on, then they're going to come back and give back to the game in a very unique and dynamic way. And their their experience that they're having with you will impact, you know, where they go in the corporate world, which Absolutely. may, again, come back and, and feed the game. The other thing I wanted to say is that, you know, it's awesome for me to see you, Karen Aston, like so many of you that have put in years of work in this game, like finally getting to this place Thank where you. your program is is doing well and thriving. And, um, you know, we, we kind of have the, the Genos and the Muffets of the world, but then we've now got that new group of, you know, coaches that have been in the grind. And well, it's great to see you have the success. Well, you deserve it. You. You've earned it. Well, China, I thank you for what you're doing here. And I, you know, I thank media a lot because we need you. You know, you talked about the growth of the game. If you're not locked in, if you're not doing these things, what I just said, whatever answer you said was any good, it can't take place. I mean, we need our media. We need to all work together and it's got to be bigger than anyone individually. And, um, you know, and I've, I've really been mentored by amazing people. I mean, you know, Sue Samaral at Florida State. Uh, Mark French, who was my coach at Santa Barbara, Kathy Olivier, who gave me my start. You know, I mean, just there's so many people that it takes a village to uh, build a program. It takes a village also to raise a coach. You know, <laughs> honestly, I've <laughs> had so true. many people that have poured <laughs> into me in my life, in my career. And so it's just with great humility. And, and I, I, I let me end with this is that I think one of the things that you're a great role model for is that 
you know, you talk about life after basketball, right? Mm-hmm. And we, a Lajene drummer on our team says, you know, they, she was asked the other day, why um, did you choose UCLA? She said, there's the only program that gave me a vision for what I could do when the ball goes flat. Mm-hmm. And when the ball, ever, the ball's going to go flat for all of us. I don't yes. care who you are. And um, if I don't do something to invest in their lives to prepare them for that moment, then I'm missing out. And so, you know, it's uh, I just have this fear, honestly, that they're going to come back and go, you never made me think about this. You know, you never. And so I just don't want any player to come back and do that because we do really. I want to tell their story. I mean, the ball is it's its like teaching us a lot right now. Right. It's bouncing and it's cool and we're having fun. Um, But yeah, but the reality is it's going to go flat for everybody. And we got a responsibility to prepare them for that moment and to give them other things that they're equipped to do. Well, you have done a fine job of that in addition Thank to being you. a role model yourself. Congratulations. We are excited about the season. Thank you, Lashina. And um, hopefully I can get out to the West Coast. Yeah, I'm well, trying. In some wintertime, you need to come out west when it's 75 I degrees. So. I know. I had to this morning. I was like, I don't scrape off the windows of my car, so I'm just going to sit here and let it kind of just unthaw on its own. Uh, don't act like you don't have cold days in Atlanta. You have cold days now. I come mean, on. I've do. been there. We have a couple here and there. Okay. It's okay. nothing like this, though. Okay. Fair enough. All right. Thanks so much. Thank you, Coach Close, for joining us. And we also want to thank Kelsey again for stopping by and talking to Around the Rim. Fans, please keep in touch with us via social media. You can contact us on Twitter. I am at SheKnowsSports underscore. LaChina is at LaChina Robinson. Use the hashtag Around the Rim. Send us your questions, your comments, whatever it is you want to talk about on the show. Let us know. We are here to serve you. Happy holidays to everyone. Be safe. And until next time, guys. Thank you for listening to Around the Rim. Check out more podcasts from ESPN on the ESPN app.